that. I did. Well, so let's talk about that. So your, your, your human spirit, the real you, your spirit that was born again, is fused with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit. Right again, so to not get too far, but that's why we, we looked at it some weeks ago in Hebrews chapter 6. Paul says one of the principal doctrines of Christianity is the doctrine of baptisms, plural. And so we are a faith that has three baptisms, right? The very first baptism is the baptism of regeneration. And it's where Paul says in one of his letters that the Spirit itself, himself, when you believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit takes your spirit and baptizes you into Christ, except he doesn't pull you out. Remember how we always jokingly say, you want to take that person and you want to hold them under they quit bubbling? <laughs> right? <You know? laughs> right. Well, the Holy Spirit, literally, he baptizes you into Christ and you are melded with Christ in regeneration, in your spirit. So in your spirit, your spirit and the Holy Spirit, through faith in what Jesus did, you are grown, sown, intertwined, melded, blended. I mean, I was, huh? You, you are sealed. Well, that's a, yes, but you're sealed on the outside. That's the whole idea that you're, your spirit is Teflon coated, meaning you can't dirty up your spirit. Did you did you know that? Like so, so you can't you can't just like Teflon coating. Your a great analogy I heard before is like if I took my cell phone here and I put my cell phone in like a vacuum sealed bag and sealed it, I could drop it in the mud and kick it around and and it would get all muddy on the outside. But is the phone dirty? No, the same thing's true that happens with our spirit. Our spirit is sealed in the Holy Spirit. So you can take it out back into the world. You can take it back into sin and you can proverbially roll around in the mud with the pigs of sin. And you can get mud on your soul, which will happen, right? You may have damage to your physical body, but your spirit is sealed in the Holy Spirit. It's still pure. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. That's why, again, y'all hear me, sin still has an effect, but not on your spirit. See, before Jesus, sin came out of your spirit. But now in Jesus, you are sealed in Christ. That's why I've said before, you've heard me say, if I could have a superpower like we have in, the, in all the Marvel movies, my superpower wish would be that I could pull your soul and your flesh away from your spirit so you could see your spirit. And just how much it looks like Jesus. So that when you could see your spirit self, you would go, wow, I can't tell where Brad stops and Jesus starts or Jesus starts and Brad stops because we are so one with him that even again, the devils of hell recognize us as Jesus. We talked about that before. Remember the seven sons of Sceva? So the seven sons of Sceva go to cast out that demon from that person and they show up and they say, we assure, and one of my favorite phrases in the old King James, we assure you in the name of Jesus that Paul preached, right? And then the demon answers from the person to these seven sons and says, well, we know Jesus and we know Paul, but we have no idea who you are. And then it says he jumped up on them and whooped them and they fled out of there naked and bleeding. 
because it literally ripped all their clothes off. You know, does that make sense? So, so, but even that idea that in the spirit realm, even when evil spirits see you, they see you in Jesus. Oh, I know Jesus and I know Brad because they're one. They look alike. They are the same. So that's what we're talking about there. But what I'm talking about that Paul says that we're endeavoring to renew is the spirit or the core of our soul, which is our belief system, right? And that's one reason why for many Christians it hasn't quote unquote worked yet because they might be thinking okay here, but they don't think okay here, right? And we've said it for some time, right? You've heard me say that knee-jerk reaction when something happens, that's what I believe. Mm-hmm. When, when, when the doctor comes and gives you a bad report or when something happens in life, that knee-jerk response that just comes out of me, that's what I actually believe, mm-hmm. right? I'll also say it now like this, that knee-jerk emotion that comes up. That knee-jerk internal, that's what I'm actually believing. So I pay attention to those things, not for condemnation or guilt, but they'll just tell me what I actually believe. And it helps give me an awareness of, oh, I I need to go to the Word, and I've got a part of my belief system that I need to rewire. Does that make sense? I need to rewire it with the Word of God and engrafting the Word of God in. Does, Does that make sense? But, but to unpack this here in Ephesians, uh, not in Ephesians, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, again, a very famous. Now, did you want to say something? Say, you want to say something? I was just going to say it's like marriage. Mm-hmm. Because we're one. Yeah. But at the beginning of our marriage, I had to renew my mind to the fact that I'm one. Yeah. So I act now, I act differently, I talk differently, I go to the bank mm-hmm. and don't feel ashamed when I slide one that said, slide a check-in that says, pay, pay to the order of Brad Holloman. Because we're one. Yeah. And so at first it's like, are you sure? Can I do that? Like, yeah, you have a joint account. You're one. Oh, okay. You know, it takes some getting used to. Absolutely. In your head to live out and become one. Yeah. Up here. But you are one, and it was done by faith. That's exactly so, right. And that's the picture he said we could see. So. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. The marriage analogy is a great one to help us know how it operates. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's, so that's why we were talking about on, on the last couple of Sundays about where this all begins is making sure that I, I believe in my core belief that I am one with him, that I am from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm not from this earth. I'm from heaven. Mm-hmm. I was born out of heaven. Just as Jesus said, you must be born again or you must be born from above. Mm-hmm. You must be born straight from heaven. So all of us who have had faith in Jesus, we are not from here. We are from a different place. Does that make sense? And that belief that I am from a different place and therefore I live from a different place does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right? And I operate from the, and, and we use the example again of Audra, as many of us know, she's in Uganda, but she's not operating financially from the Ugandan economy because she is from here. So she gets the privilege of being in a whole other place, but operating from a different system. Mm-hmm. 
So as the people she's ministering to, they have to live from a different system because they're not from here. So we are in the same way. We, we live here, but we're not from here. We operate from a different system. Mm-hmm. The, the kingdom of heaven, the resources of heaven. The, that's the, truly a very good analogy for people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. Long, long Absolutely, yeah, me too. By different laws. Different laws. The mm. law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set us free from the law, law of, of sin, sin and death. death. That's right. Everybody here from here operates under the law of sin and death but we have been made free from that that's right so those laws don't apply to us that's right amen isn't that cool so you're from and that's that part that's where it begins to really say but to and i really want to get us to to a place where you know again we believe that as an example people say well where are you from and 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 i want our initial response well i'm from oh i'm from alabama and i'm sorry i thought i'm but i'm so believe i'm from heaven that you asked me where i'm from and i tell you i'm from heaven i'm not from here Right, I'm from somewhere else. Right, I live from somewhere else. I live from a different place. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. But now, this is back to kind of what Thursday nights we wanted to be is to talk about our, what I call biomechanics, how God designed us to actually operate. Right, so now here, chapter 11, verse 1 of Hebrews. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now, we probably all have heard that a hundred different times, right? How many of my good old word of faith folks, you've heard this a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Right, so I want us to unpack this because this is a biomechanics first. So notice it says this, now faith is. So when is faith? It's now. Right? Faith is always now. You want to know why faith is always now? We're living in the now. Because you are always now. Mm-hmm. Right? See, the idea is this, and this is something that I want us to, to think on. We have preached and taught faith mm-hmm. as something apart from us. Mm-hmm. Right? When you go into a lot of even faith circles, faith is this force. It's this thing yeah. that's outside of us, and I'm trying to get it in me. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to get faith from out there somewhere, wherever that is. And it almost, almost seems like people believe that it's a formula, too, that you got to do. Absolutely. This and this and this and this many times and all this. Absolutely, yeah. And it's, it's the ATM, right? If I punch my code in right... <laughs> And hit enter, then all the little monies pop out, right? <laughs> whatever that's prosperity monies or healing monies or whatever. But this is one of those things, again, so the part I wanted to talk about is, is uh, in Romans, right, chapter 12, we probably have heard this is around the third verse. You can just look at it later when you get home just for time. But it's the verse that says, and God has given unto everyone the measure of faith. You remember that verse? And... Many times I have heard this said, and this is where I I don't agree with how it's presented. I do agree with what the scripture says, that it says God gave us the measure of faith. But it's presented as that God gave Kevin faith to be saved, to be healed, to be this, and it came from God. But what that does for people is, is if they don't experience that, then God didn't give it to me. Why didn't God give me the same faith he gave Kevin? 
Does that make sense? Yes. Right? But it's more this way. How did God give every man the measure of faith? Is that he made every man like himself. You are a faith being. So you operate in life on faith. In everything. Because you are just a faith being. Right? It's one of your mechanics. It's how you work. It's how you actually function biomechanically between soul and flesh and spirit and all this. Does that make sense? I want you to imagine like this, that we talk about this whole spirit, soul, and body thing. And, and, that it, and we know, according to the scripture, that the spirit and the soul are so interconnected that the only thing that can separate spirit and soul is what? Remember the Word of God in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, right? The Word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword, and it divides between soul and spirit, joint, marrow, thoughts, intents of the heart. Well, what also comes from the Word of God? Come on, a little bit of a, of a teaser. What comes to us from the Word of God? Faith. Faith. How does faith come? And hearing hearing the word of God. So this instrument and this connecting point between soul and spirit is your belief system. So I want you to imagine, again, if if you could take your spirit that's been born again, connected with Jesus and sealed, and you take your soul, your mind, your will and emotions, What is it that connects spirit and soul together? It's your belief system. That's why you need the word of God. Say it one more time. You said that. What's your belief system connecting? Your belief system connects your born again spirit and your soul. Your mind, your will, your emotions. What connects those two things is your core belief system. Right? That's why the Word of God is the only thing that can get in there and show us, oh, this is from the kingdom of God and this is from the kingdom of the world. I'm starting to get out. I've got to slow down. Okay. Sorry, going a little fast. Sorry, I'm sorry. Well, tell me to slow down. Tell me to slow down and, and ask questions. Just make, I want to make sure, because this is just mechanics, all right? This is, I really want to, I don't want this to sound overcomplicated because it's not. Nor do I want this to, at all to sound condemning because sometimes people say it is. It is not. Mm-hmm. It's literally just how we function. Because now, when is faith? Now. Is faith ever tomorrow? No. Is it ever yesterday? No. When is faith? No. Now. It because, reminds me of Revelation, like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. I've always thought Absolutely. When you get that aha moment. So it's faith is what you're saying. What what okay, what well the aha moment is when you know you've you've yeah. connected that piece together. It's when you have that aha oh right? It's like when finally for me I was like oh I'm free from my sin. Oh, and then, and then just 
out of that response, because y'all remember, I was trying to find pornography while my wife had the ladies of the church in the living room. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I wish I could say it was, it was a better situation than that, but it wasn't. But I was, I know. Uh, and so, but it was, but I literally, <laughs> but I, but I literally found my, well, well, I say that, but how do you know when that happens? Because I had been meditating and thinking yeah. and, and like we said last week, I desired God's way. I didn't want that anymore. Yeah. I acknowledged that that did not serve me. That did not help me. That only hurt me. That that was not, I could read from the word that wasn't who I was, but I wasn't experiencing the reality of that's not who I was. How many of you been there before? That you, we talk about that, that gap. I can look in the word and go, oh, well, according to the Bible, that's not me. But when I look at my current actions, there's a, there's a gap. Right? And we, and, and anybody say, say, we all got gaps. We all got gaps. Right? Everybody in here, we all got gaps somewhere. Some gaps we know about. And if you know about the gap, it's because the Holy Spirit loves you and he knows you're ready to work on that gap now. Right. If you don't know about the gap, it's because he loves you and you're not ready to work on that gap right now. So don't worry about it. (laughs) Because he will highlight to you, oh, now let's work on this one. Right? (laughs) And so so if if you don't see it, don't go hunting it necessarily. Right? Does that make sense? Just trust that the Holy Spirit will be who he is. He'll be your guide. He'll be your teacher. And then normally with guide and teacher comes, he'll be the comforter and the counselor because he guides you and teaches you where the gap is. That normally makes you cry. So then he comes alongside as the comforter and goes, it's okay, little pumpkin boo-boo head. You're going to be all right. And then he tells you what to do. Now I'm going to counsel you on how to close the gap. Right? Does that make sense? And, and that's part of his job. Again, please hear me. And I know this is, this is just by the... Whenever that happens, don't ever feel condemned. Actually reverse rejoice. Right? Whenever the Holy Spirit shows you a gap in your belief, it shows you that you are born again. It's because that's what it says. It says those that were born of God are led by the Spirit of God. And the very next verse says, and therefore he will lead you to put to death the deeds of the flesh. We could say it like this. He will lead you to close the gap. Why does he lead you to close the gap? Because you're born again. So anytime you look and go, oh, wow, I can see a gap. He highlighted a new gap to me. Don't go as many times, oh, <laughs> I thought I was doing so good. <laughs> and now look, he's just beating. And no, don't jump. That's the devil. Yeah. Right? But a, a child goes, oh, wow, thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. I'm born again. And I'm ready to deal and with I'm this ready gap. For deal with, I'm ready to deal with this gap now. Because why? Because you showed it to me. That must mean I'm ready. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, a couple months ago, there was something that I was doing that I shouldn't be doing, you know, and I felt conviction, and I was like, what the heck is this? Like, strong conviction, like I had felt when I first got born again. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this the devil? <laughs> I, I just kept feeling, I was like, okay, this is God. This is super, it was totally different, though. Yes. When I felt it this time, I was like, it's a tangible, I can feel it, this is conviction, like I haven't yeah. felt in a long, long time. But I'm not scared. That's right. I know I feel his power. That's so, right. So, 
Yeah, I don't, I'm just. Well, what would help you with change, this? You know, you notice, hey, this is part of it that I need to change this. Well, there's two things, right? Here's two scriptures. So again, Romans chapter two, verse four. We all know this one. The goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God leads men to repentance. How many of you heard that verse before? How many of you go, praise God? It's the goodness. Do you know who he was writing to? Sinners. You read those first two chapters of Romans, he's writing to people who do not know Jesus. So Paul says, hey, listen to the sinner. You know what brings the sinner to repentance? The goodness and the kindness and the mercy of God brings the sinner to repentance. But then you go over again, same book, same author in 1 Corinthians. And Paul talks about that couple that were in the Corinthian church that were committing a sexual uh, immorality that apparently was so bad that not even heathen folk were doing whatever they were doing. Right Now, we don't know what they were doing, but we just know it was so bad that, that Paul said, listen, not even the pagans in your town who have a whole temple of sexual idolatry because that was in the Corinthian church. They had a temple and how you worshiped at that temple was you went to the temple prostitutes and you did various things in an act of worship to that deity, right? And so Paul said, even the people in your town who go to that temple, they're not doing what y'all are doing in the name of grace. Mm. And then Paul kind of does some stuff that again, if any pastor did it today, nobody would go to his church ever again, right? Mm. And so... (laughs) Because Paul said, you bring those people. This is what he, Paul said, this is what I want you to do. Next Sunday, when y'all get together, bring that couple up. Amen. And pray this prayer over them. Say, in the name of Jesus, we turn you over to Satan for the destruction of your flesh so your soul might be saved. In the, in, in the, in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. <laughs> you know, if I did that today, everybody in the, get up, we're out. I just can't do that, Brad. It's just, we're out. It'd be on the news. Cameras be out here. Preachers out there condemning folk, you know. And so, but here's what Paul said. So that godly sorrow might be present and they would repent. What brings us to repentance? Goodness and kindness of God brings the sinner to repentance. But what brings the Christian to repentance is what you experience is godly sorrow. Mm-hmm. Now, godly sorrow doesn't happen. Now, if you're, if you're like this couple that were, and to give you the backstory, this couple in the name of grace were saying, hey, because grace is so abundant and because of what Jesus did, look at what we get to do in the name of grace. That's what they were basically saying. Right, so they were not necessarily, they were being rebellious, they were being in different things, right? And so, but Paul says, but it was godly sorrow that will bring them to repentance. And then later in in 2 Corinthians, he actually says, hey, look, it worked. So invite them back in, bring them back into fellowship, act like it never happened. You know, because why? Why? Because godly sorrow did its work. And all godly sorrow is, is when I go, oh, man, that's just not me anymore. Right. I, that's just not who I am because of Jesus. That's not who I am because I'm from heaven. That's not, that's not me. So anytime that godly sorrow, again, I hear you. I want us to have that you rejoice. Mm-hmm. Why? Because, man, that is the number one top shelf way mm-hmm. that you know that you're born again. Is that God actually wants to help you close any gaps. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But coming back to what we were saying, how we function is by faith. That's how we function in all of life. Right? Now, and so I want to reread this verse a little bit. So now, believing is the substance of what you imagine. Mm-hmm. 
right? Because see, believing and hope go together. Faith and hope run together. They're running buddies. Faith, remember the three, the three amigos that Paul talked about at the end of the first degree? There's faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them is love because love is what causes believing to work, right? But they're three running. They, they inner work with each other, right? So faith and hope go together, right? We can say it like this, believing and imagination go together because your believing is simply the substance of your imagination, You say substance. What's it's another word? The foundation, the building material, the essence. the essence, what you actually make something out of. Now, faith is the building material of your imagination. So see, when we imagine and we have hope, positive or negative, right? When we have an imagination, right? And we imagine and we imagine and we think. We all know those folk and hopefully it's none of us. But uh, I'll, I'll pick on Brad. Can I, can I just pick on Brad? Because I, I don't want to pick on y'all. Right? Please pick on Brad. Okay, I'll pick on Brad. So I'm going to pick on Brad. So, so I have had for years, you can ask my wife, for years I would have what would be called the worst case scenario mentality. Mm-hmm. I developed a habit in me that when things were going on, I would just go in my mind's eye, in my imagination, I would go to the worst case scenario mm-hmm. Because in my logic, it's, well, if I can survive in my mind, whatever's the worst case, then I'm good. good. Everything else is gravy. Right. (laughs) Does that make sense? Nothing ever works out for brain. (laughs) Well, you know what I found out? And and now it just goes, oh, so that's why I always struggled having things work out. You imagine the wrong thing. It's because Mm -hmm. I went the wrong way. And my believing is the substance of what I imagine. You love throwing those pity parties, didn't you? Well, I don't know if I've ever threw pity parties. I'm a fairly positive person. Mine was, is it was fear-based. It was just, if I can go ahead and face whatever might be the greatest fear of this, maybe you can handle it. Then, I can, then, then if I fall short of that, okay, well, at least it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah. <laughs> at least it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. We were only half as bad. I feel like I do the same thing, but it's, Yes. So that I can fix it myself. Absolutely. Because then I can govern. I can, but remember, Kurt, get control and fear are running buddies. Mm-hmm. Anytime I want to control something, mm-hmm. it's because I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. That's why controlling people, you know you're dealing with a person who is riddled fear. with fear. Mm-hmm. They're, just, <laughs> they're just riddled, riddled, riddled with fear because they just got to control. I got yeah. So. Well, an example of that is um, I've noticed if I if I have an issue with a person and I think that they're going to behave a certain way towards me, I already go through my mind and the scenario of what I would say, and then it tends to go kind of like that. It does because I'm faith. I'm a whole bunch better, at, but I notice it like if I ever am not in the right mindset, if I've yeah. ever been thinking about how it could go that way it sometimes goes that way yeah well see because you again so because faith believing yeah you just believe the wrong way is the substance of your imagination right so faith and imagination work together so as i imagine my core belief system begins to build what i'm imagining that's just how god made you to work that's why all throughout scripture right 
when you see God, you know, the classic one is Abraham, the father, quote unquote, of faith. And so what was God ever endeavoring to do with Abraham? It was to change his imagination. Abraham, I need you to go outside at night and count the stars because that's how many kids you're going to have. <laughs> During the day when you're walking around the desert, I need you to look at the sand and I need you to count the grains of sand because that's how many kids you're going to have. What was God endeavoring to get him to do? What to, to imagine differently. Because for ever how many years, he had just seen himself as I'm childless and Sarah's childless. And even on this point, if you look at Abraham's story, right, she was always childless. I, at least for some period, could have children because we made the Ishmael thing. So at least in one part of Abraham's life, he goes, well, it's not my fault. It's my wife's fault. But that was still his imagination. Then later, when it became part of his fault, too, because his plumbing quit working, right, then he said, okay, well, now it's my fault, too. See, but God was constantly rewiring his imagination, getting him to see differently, getting him to imagine, changed his name so that every time he heard his name, it sparked his imagination. This is who you are. You are now Abraham, the father of many nations. Does, does that make sense? Do y'all see? And all throughout scripture, you see that with everybody, right? That God was endeavoring. Even for us now, when you read the Bible itself, that's why the Bible, especially the New Testament, is descriptive over prescriptive. That's why the Bible describes who you are more than tells you what to do. Yeah. It says this is who you are because of the gospel. This is who you are. This is who you are. What is God trying to do? He's trying to get us to imagine ourselves as we are. Why? Because he knows that if he can inspire my imagination, then my belief system will begin to latch on to my imagination because my belief system is the building block of my imagination. Does, does that make sense? It's kind of like, again, we've probably all seen that in life, right? People who, uh, they call it in psycho psychological terms, they call it self-sabotage, right? Mm -hmm. Right, they're going, they're going. It looks like they're doing good, and they get you know the proverbial football analogy. You know, they get the ball finally. They're running, they're running, they're running, and they're about to make a touchdown. And what happens? They fumble. Right, nobody touched them. Nobody was near them. Nobody was around them, and they dropped the ball. And you're like going, well, how how could you have dropped? Well, because their belief system was a certain way. Just like you see other people, right? I'm sure you probably have seen other people, and we call them those folks that have the proverbial Midas touch. I mean, they could go broke. They could lose all their money. Everything could be taken away, and they'll get up the next morning, and they'll start all over, and next thing you know, they got a million dollars. You ever seen those kind of folks? You're like going, how come they're so because they lucky? Believe. They believe. How come they're so lucky? We don't even say blessed. We go, so how come they're so Lucky, it just looks like luck. No, 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 they just believe, whether they're conscious that they believe that or not, whether they are aware that they believe that or not, that is what they believe. And most of the time they work, too. And they do work. Well, because they believe they work. <laughs> Yeah. But he works constantly. 
All the time. He's tougher. Well, but he believes. It's somewhere, again, whether he realizes it or not, Miss Eloise, he just believes. And so that's why he works. See, and you always have to understand that, that your action never precedes your believing. Your action only follows your believing. Always. That's why you can't change the action first in an attempt to change what you believe. That's why in the that's why fake it till you make it never works. Because you can't actually change the action and then change what you believe. You'll just revert back to what you believe. You might do, depending on how strong your quote-unquote willpower is, you'll press in, press in, but eventually you'll go, ah, and you'll just go right back to the way you actually believe. Does that mean? Mm -hmm. That's why, again, how do you transform your life? You change what you imagine and think on and change your belief. Right? Well, y- yes, but I want to, you, but the achieving part is always the tail on the dog. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It's all, so, so a dog, yeah, y'all have, y'all used to have a dog, right? Y'all still have the dog? still have the dog. Y'all still have the dog. So y'all never have to make the dog's tail wag, do you? No. You never go home and go, stupid dog, got to wag its own tail. I mean, you know, <laughs> and you're out there trying to wag the dog's tail because, well, this one's broke. You know what I mean? I don't know. And no, the the dog, all he has to do is wake up and his tail's moving. That's your actions when about everything you actually believe. Yeah. See, our action. It's a you don't have to tell it. It's you just don't. Gonna do it. It's just gonna do it. Right, and that's why we can look then at what we habitually do. It tells us what we believe, whether I like that truth or not. Whether I like what I habitually do or not, what I habitually do is what I believe. And unfortunately, I, I guess I have a question. This whole time, I've been thinking, this is going to be hard for me to do. And that's literally following my core belief system. That that's exactly this right. This is going to be hard for me to change. Yeah. This is going to be hard for me to change this and so well, I gotta it, fix that first. <laughs> that's exactly right. Last Thursday, I'm still listening to that teaching, but we had talked about it as well. Do you want to? Yeah. Like, yes. Even if I see, like, one of the things I had talked to you about is I don't want to be angry. Yeah. I've been so quick to be ill with my kids, or I'm just, I get angry so easily. You know, I'm like, I don't like that about me. But we talked about not looking at the, what the Bible says about anger. But what does it say about like self-control? And that's that's right. Are. Anyway, the want to is there, and I feel like God puts you, uh, He gives you the, the thing. They come. Yes. You know, we'll talk about it. You'll find it. It just comes. And so I think if we have the want to to change, that it will come. It may not come as quickly as we want or whatever, but it will come. Absolutely. Because I already do see a lot of change in that. Well, and it just. Well, and it's the one, so it's, it's what we said, Proverbs 16, 3, commit your work unto the Lord and then your thought will be established. Commit first. It's always commit first. So in his example would be, I want to do this. Yeah. 
even though I still think it's going to be really hard, but I admit I want to. Yes. I That's, want to. to me, it's a yes. I can see that again, for you, Kurt, to help you with this. So I can see what scripture says. Scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So the, in that one verse alone, God says, hey, listen, you can do it. You can do it. It's possible for you because you're a believer to do it. So you can say, oh, I can do this. Right? Another verse that just came to my mind where Paul said in another place, he says, God gives you both the will and the do of his good pleasure. So God gives you both the want to and the can to. Is that good English? I don't know. You know, he, he, the, I guess the want to and the can do. I don't know. Maybe that's a better way to say it. He gives you both the want to and the can do of his good pleasure. So does God want you to be afraid? No. Does God want you to live in fear and be all a control freak and worried and anxious or whatever it might be? No. Is that because that's not his good pleasure? What's his good pleasure? That you live in peace and joy and righteousness because that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. Right? So his good pleasure is that you live in the kingdom. Right? Because he gave you the kingdom. It was his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, what's the kingdom? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that's the good pleasure of God. Right? So he gives you the want to and the can do to live there. So just in those two verses, we can stand back and go, okay, that's where God wants me to be. Now I can come back to today and I can see my gap. I'm not there. And even part of my gap can be like in a very fleshy way. And I don't know if I want to be there. And that's okay too. Yeah. As long as you stand back and go, God, I see the gap. <laughs> I see where you want me to be. And I see where your will is for me to be in whatever area because I can see it in the scripture. I can look back to today and see there's a gap, but my desire in my heart, in my soul, in my belief system, whether I'm there or not, my desire, I, I want to be there. Right? I want to be there and I'm going to commit myself and my ways to going there. And in that moment of commitment, it says he then begins to establish your thoughts. He begins to lead you into the scriptures and you see things. He begins to send people into your life. I, I, I'll tell you another story about Brad and then we're going to stop for tonight and we'll take questions. Is, is this is so, and I'm just going to be, I'm, hopefully you won't get too mad at me. But it is, um, I don't think you will. But is, um, <laughs> is but, uh, but I mean, you know, my, my, our goal has been to be transparent. Right. To, to just be transparent because I don't want to be one of those ministers that even tries to paint something up that we got it all together and we got all our poop in a bag and ain't nothing about us stink. I mean, no, we, we walking through our own gaps. Right. All of us. Right. And so some of that is, you know, for years we have just barely gotten by. We've had like, you know, we do good, do good. We did the Dave Ramsey thing and we've done it so good. We got out of debt now three times. Right, <laughs> right. You know, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, <laughs> I can tell you that's how it it's work. It'll work again, right? I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, even, <laughs> you know, even to the point where you know, like Dusty, who was with us, you know, Dusty looked at us and said, "Brad, y'all are really good at just getting barely by." And I said, "You are absolutely right." <laughs> we, he said to us, "Don't do lean really well." 
We do. And so there's been, but I can look at scripture and go, that's not where God wants us to be. There's a gap there. Mm -hmm. And apparently that gap is in something I'm believing. It, there is no other answer. I'm sorry, y'all. There is no other. I wish there was another answer. I wish I could give us something different. We created this. We made this. <laughs> and we made it because apparently somewhere back here, yep. we don't it's believe this. It's not we there. <laughs> we made this. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm having to reprogram too. Yeah. So it's a, but, yeah. but we have to sit back and go, but that's just, that's just the way we work. So there's hope in that to me. Oh, wow. Okay. That's just how I work. Yeah. I just found that. It's like going, you know what I mean? You don't get condemned when they, you take your car to the mechanic and they say, you know, you should put some oil in that thing. <laughs> right? <laughs> and especially if you didn't know, you're like, oh, I mean, we had a, I mean, so if we had a, literally a wealthy man in the church in Canada. I could mention his name and you would laugh. But he was a wealthy man in Canada and, and he had this nice Mercedes. And then a, a few months later, he had a wholly different Mercedes. I said, I said brother, what happened to the life of that? And he goes, oh, I burnt the engine up in it. And he, I said, you did? I said, well, why? He goes, well, I guess it needed oil. I said, pardon? He goes, yeah, I guess I didn't realize it didn't have no oil in there. It even needed oil. I just drove it till it, it just died. And they said it was bone dry of oil. And I'm like going, well, well, brother, don't you did? And and, like, and this dude's a multimillionaire, and he didn't know about oil yeah. in your car. I mean, and, and we all sit around and go, well, he's a dummy. But yet at the same time, he just didn't know. He genuinely didn't know. Is now we know. No, no, no. This was a white Canadian fellow. Yeah, again, I'll tell you who he is later. So I just okay. uh, he might be listening. So I just don't want to pick on. Him. So is uh, <laughs> is um, but does that make sense? So is um is when you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. So don't, be con don't ever be condemned. Right. Don't ever be condemned. You say, Father, show me. You just say, yes, yeah, show me. Yes, and he's so faithful. And he's so faithful to, to and he's faithful to take us yes. gently on the journey because he'll never break us. That's right. And wherever there's a gap, he'll always, again, like we said, we've never known without. We've just done lean really, really good. <laughs> Right. And we've never known without and God for three times as faithfully. We just did it yesterday. We some stuff came in. We paid off two credit cards and are well on our way to knocking out the rest of the stupid we've done. Right. And so does that make sense? But I have to be honest with myself and go, but that came from here. That wasn't because I'm being picked on. That wasn't because because we've started over four times now. Yeah. Because we've been on mission field and then you move, so you kind of have to start over, right? And you yeah. finally, you're there for 10 years and you finally build something. And then you got to start over. And now, this is expense. move again. Yeah, that's the expense. What? Is, okay. And then you start over. But it's all, but is it, does that make sense? <laughs> but here, what I say, so, but, but what we've done is we walk with us through you guys is, is I say, okay, God, I am committed. Okay. Probably for the very first genuine times to say, okay, God, I can I want to know what this is. And, and God, I give you a be brutal with me. Uh, can I just say something? Mm -hmm. That's my turn. That's all. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay, amen. Everybody pray. No, <laughs> Go ahead. And it's okay if one partner from the marriage is a little bit ahead of the game. Because I have been on a path about this mm -hmm. and committed to it before he was on That's the right. board. That's right. That's right. But I was just done. 
right? Wait on so, me. Especially because of what we're dealing with as far as, you know, because of the finances, I, I had to make sure that I wasn't putting the pressure on him because it wasn't about him. It wasn't about his job. It wasn't about his performance to, you know, get a bigger, better career. It wasn't about bring home a better paycheck. It wasn't about any of that. And I had to make sure it wasn't about that. Then I had to make sure it wasn't about contentment, right? That I'm just discontented all the time and I want more, 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 more because if I don't have it, then I'm not happy and all that stuff. Well, no, because the word talks about contentment. You must be contented or nothing will ever be enough, no matter how much you have. So that's, that wasn't the point either. So I'm like, I've, I've gone on this journey and then it was like, finally, I'm like, well, I mean, I, I love our home. I can turn anything into a home. It's awesome. I love it. I just want a big home. And then I had to get to the point where I'm not trying to justify it for spiritual stuff so that, you know, we can do all kinds of stuff for the church and all the things we've had on our heart for years. And it's like, God looked at me and goes, do you want a big house because you want a big house? Yeah. Yeah. We have a big family. I'd like a big house, not a, th a three-bedroom, please. Like, I'm just, I'm done. I want a big house, please, you know. But he had to, he's had to help me all along with my own little idiosyncrasies and little things that I bring up. He's like, that's not lining up. Get rid of that. That's not lining up. Get rid of that. But I've been on this journey and once every six months or so. Brad, I am all done just going paycheck to paycheck. I am all done not just having this abundance thing. You know, I'm, I'm done. There's gotta be something missing. Something's not right. Where, where is God in all of this? Like, it's not about our work because we're working hard. It's not about, oh, just be faithful in the ministry. He'll take care of you. Because it's not happening, really. I mean, it is. We've always been taken care of. But I wanted to see, right? So I've been doing this now for a while, beep, 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 for a while. And it's like, okay, finally I stopped doing the beep, beep, beep. And I started sitting down going, okay, I'm committed here. What do I need to change? Yeah. What do I need to look mm -hmm. at? And it's not, a, it's not a works. It's not a give me a list and I'll go perform it. It's none of that, which for my personality would be the pitfall. But finally... Um, what are you laughing about? Yeah. I'm not going there because she's already told me. Don't. So. Bro. Bro. <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, but so don't, don't worry if one person in the marriage or in the family is kind of the pathfinder. The, uh, but when the other one catches on, oh my word, times a thousand momentum. Times a thousand. So. You might be the pathfinder. You might be the one having to deal with other, you know, your own stuff. You might be, but just keep talking about it and just yeah. make sure that it's not coming from a nagging, pressuring, nothing. It's coming from a genuine, something's different. Something has to be different here. Something has to change here. So, so let's ask the Lord, what is it? And, and then just pray, pray for your spouse, pray for the whole situation, pray that the Lord would reveal. And then little by little, enter brad six months ago i'm committed i'm done with this this has got to change you know and, and whatever it took it took and because I think prayers work yeah. in that when you were praying for brad through mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. 
Yeah. To soften his heart or lead him to where he would be. Oh, come on, be nice. To, so I had to hurry up and get a clue, right? Well, so it's all I mean, good. It's I, good. Know, but you agree with I believe that people are praying for me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I'm all floppy dog, I'm all I'm sure going to do is feel like some people were like, man, I wish you would get it. Yeah. You know, and so I pray for other people. I'm like, Help they're out there doing their thing, and that's okay. But I pray for them that they get it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why it's prayers of revelation. But even, but on that, what I just say, and I absolutely thank you. That's all spot on with what you were saying. But and on my side, when I was saying, "Okay, Lord, I'm gonna, I'm committed this way," it's just this back to this verse because, you know, we were saying I've been meditating on some things. You know, then the Lord led us on the stuff to go to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Things were shared to me that unlocked stuff I'm teaching you guys and unlocked for me things of how this works. And what happens is that he begins to establish your thoughts. But what establishing your thought looks like is he sends information, people, right, to us, mm-hmm. right? And you have to realize that, that in that moment when those thoughts come, and, and again, so please, so if you can come back and you have your, okay, I finally got a clue moment, whenever that happened to be with whatever, right? You know, finally the prayers of Revelation finally dawned. <laughs> and Brad finally got it. The moment you realize, then you need to know mechanically how God's, okay, well then he will begin to establish your thoughts. So from that decision forward, pay attention yeah, but. to what God sends into your life. People, books, information. All of a sudden things start coming. You're like, whoa, pay attention. Why? Because it's those thoughts that will begin to fuel your imagination in a new direction that is going to help you actually then finally rewire that thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It, it's that kind of stuff. And, and so pay attention to that because that's what that's how that works. So then up till just yesterday, because we were looking at some stuff and we're talking about things and, and part of it is, is, okay, Lord, I've been some old stuff from way back in the day came back up. So I've been listening to a book I hadn't listened to in forever. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I thought, oh, okay, I, I get it. Thank you, Lord. There's a whole new, all right, you're establishing my thoughts. Part of the instruction is, is you need to do some certain things. And there is a doing, but remember, it's always the tail on the dog, mm-hmm. okay. right? So, so there's some do. When the doing starts to happen, commit to start to do it. Best you can. So I started looking and said, okay, God, I, I need to know what to do because I just don't know. And then I happened to be sitting across the table yesterday. And, and the Holy Ghost goes, that man knows what to do. No way. Yeah. I looked up and I said, of course he does. That's his whole daggum career. So I said, hey, David, you mind if I talk to you when we're done with this? Can you sit around for a minute? He goes, sure. And I said, also, and I told him, I said, well, and I'll be, I'll be we're wanting, I need to invest. We're almost 50 years old. I got no savings. Mm-hmm. Right. So I need to do something. So I, and I told him what I had been reading and what thoughts God has been sending and all this kind of stuff. And I said, what do we do here? What do we do here? And he goes, well, you, you can do this or you can do this. Mm-hmm. And, and he unpacked something and I'm like going, huh? And he goes, in fact, I wrote a book about this. And he goes, uh, he goes, man, where do you get, when you get, he goes, Oh, wait a minute. I actually got one in my car. <laughs> so he hands me a book that you two ladies caught me reading when you came in this evening. Right. So do you see, but see, that's what I'm saying is this, when you make the commitment, okay, mm-hmm. I see the gap, mm-hmm. 
I see God's will. Mm -hmm. I see what he had intended. I see my I am statement. Mm -hmm. Right? I see there's a gap in me. I make the commitment to walk towards what I see wholeheartedly. Okay, God, again, I can see it. I'm there. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being patient. I'm finally on board. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Then he says, I'll begin to establish your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Pay attention. He starts to send stuff. Mm -hmm. When he sends that stuff in, imagine it. Mm -hmm. Meditate on it. Think on it. Does that make sense? Dwell in your mind on it till you see different stuff. Right? Cut other things off that would take you opposite of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? And, and again, and, and for time, I'll leave. So... We'll unpack this when we come back again as we talk about stuff. So you remember Jesus told us the parable of the four types of ground, mm -hmm. right? And, and he said that that one story unlocks how the whole kingdom of God works. Yes. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said, if you get this story, you'll get the whole kingdom of God. So I want you to think of it like this. Remember he said, he talked about the sower sows the word, but isn't the word of God a series and collection of thoughts that fuel our imagination? Mm -hmm. Is that not what the word of God is? The word of God is, a, is God's thoughts done in picture form so that we can have a new imagination. So when now I want us to real quickly run through that story with that definition of, because I think many times we say, well, the word, and it's just the word. No, no, no. It's the imagination that is inspired by the word. So remember the hard ground, mm -hmm. right? The hard ground is for people who are unwilling to imagine something new. Ooh. People who are unwilling to imagine something new, the devil can swoop in and take that imagination away from you. Right? Because you're just, un you're so hard, you're just unwilling to think a different way. Right? Then it says there's, Another type of ground that's full of stones that has no depth to imagine because it keeps running into lying or opposing beliefs. So it receives that imagination and it's excited about that imagination, but because there's no depth of imagination, because you hit a stone, an old belief that cuts that off, right? That it withers when times get tough. Right, but then there's the third type of ground, which I believe is probably the. Uh -huh. Say that one again. So it withers when times gets tough. That part. No. So there's no depth about the stony ground. No, the yeah. shallow ground. The shallow ground, the stony ground. That there's there's lying beliefs underneath the surface. So you're willing to receive the imagination, right? But because there's no depth in your ability to imagine. Because you've got these lying beliefs in place to say, well, that's not true. Or that's true for Delane, but it's not true for me. Right? Then it, it causes that to not grow. Right? Then it talks about how, then I think this is where most of the church world today is, is in that third part of the ground, you remember? That was filled with the thorns and the things. Now think about this. Thorns and weeds come from seeds too, do they not? So the thorns and the weeds, he says, are these are the, the deceitfulness of riches, the cares of other things, the imaginations of this life are the weeds. 
And they come up and they choke out the imaginations of the kingdom of God. So I say that to say many times as we talk about this kind of stuff, you do, and that's what this whole week of imagination is, is I want you to look and only you can is to sit there and say, okay, well, if I'm being fueled by a different imagination, then I'm going to take some time and begin to cut that out. Can you repeat that one? The thorns and weeds is like deceitfulness of riches. These are the imaginations of this life. The imaginations of this world. Again, how many... That's exactly. Just materialism, consumerism, like me, 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 me first. It could, it could be. Well, it, like this, the magistrates of our world here, how many of you are worried about gas getting up to $5 a gallon? I was about to say, like you said Sunday, anything without God. Anything without God. Of their mind. That's right. But, it, but if we're concerned about this, well, what's going to happen when? What's going to happen if? What happens if meat prices go sky high? What happens if? I mean, again, how many of you, you went through and apparently there's something going on with peanut butter? I went, I went through Walmart today and like the peanut butter section was empty. And I'm like going, wow, something's, something's hammering the peanut butter industry, right? And, and it made me think about this and I'm going, how many people are now going, no more peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, not peanut butter, you know, I'm more concerned about the baby formula shortage. But but here, exactly. <laughs> not because I'm <laughs> babies, but but I mean, but is, but those are kind of those are so not all imaginations are necessarily okay. sinful. Yeah. But they're just they're still imaginations that are weeds that lack will choke worry. out mm-hmm. lack, worry, worry anxiety, yeah. deceit. You know, or even this is a deceitful imagination. The the when then well when I get more money then I will be X. Yeah. Yeah. That's also an imagination that's deceitful, right? So I have an example, you know, the shooting that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, me and Kurt were talking about it, and for a second, you go there. Mm-hmm. You think about your kids at school. Yeah. And then I was like, nope, bye, I'm not going to do that. I, it's like my internal uh, go back to is I have the Holy Spirit. That's right. And I've seen the Holy Spirit tell people about traffic accidents. So why am I going to think for a second that my father doesn't? Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't love those kids. Mm. It's a tragedy. And if something ever happens, you know, I'm just saying, I'm not yeah. going to sit here and think about, well, what if? And I'm not going to pull my kids out of school because of fear. That's right. If I take my kids out of school, it's, it's going to be of because of another reason. That's right. Not for living my life in fear. That's but, right. So... Well, all of that stuff. So those are the things that can choke out. But they're, I want you to but hit me that those are all of the seeds. Because I think many times we talk about the seeds that are there. We talk about the good seed of the word of God mm-hmm. is, is not just because y'all, especially my word of faith folks. Okay. It's not just the verses. Mm. It's allowing the verses to fuel your imagination and bring that connection of faith. Because faith is the substance of your imagination. You said the emotion. Right? It's the emotion. The emotion is the big part. It's huge. It's huge. Well, that's the part we don't do is, is so how do I know when this is happening? When I feel it. Yeah. Right? That, again, back to the, that's what happened with me. Finally, that day I had been meditating and imagining and thinking and looking at I am free from my sin. And how do I know when I actually believe that is when that time happened in that challenge and I felt it. I'm free. From, that's not me anymore. 
But it wasn't just a declaration of that's not me because I had said that before and went right back to looking. <laughs> right? It's when I said, that's not me and I felt it. It moved me. And I was, that's not me. <laughs> and that, that because remember, Jesus was moved with compassion. Right? So, there, so we, we, I want to say it more like this. We want to meditate and imagine because when we believe, you are moved. Again, and, and I, I hate to keep using negative analogies, but sometimes they, they seem to make more sense. It's like when we hear about a school shooting and there's a, an emotion that comes, well, that's faith. It's just on the negative side. Or when they tell you, hey, gas is going to go up by the end of the summer and we're going to be, you know, up. I just and there's a, a Canadian friend and they're paying $10 right now. <clears throat> yeah. 10. So it's just, and it, but does that make that, when it move, whatever's moving me is what I believe. Because faith or believing moves us. It always does. Right? So what we're saying is, is, is to be moved and get to the place where we're imagining and you are meditating on it. You're thinking about it. You're putting yourself into it and you get to the place where you, now you're moved, right? You're moved by the positive. You're moved and you go, that's who I am. That's, that's wow. I am that. And that's when I know I've rewired this until then. What do I do? I just keep reading and imagining. I keep reading and imagining. And when I fall short, I go, oh, I fell short again. That's okay because that's not who I am because I can see this. And I keep reading and imagining. And I stay after it. And I stay with it. Right? Until when? Until I'm moved. Right? Until it, it shifts on the inside. And you'll feel it. It'll click. It'll move. All those things. The penny will drop. The thing will click. You'll be. I mean, all these things you hear people say. It's about this motion, right, yeah. that comes because you're like going, oh. And then you start responding literally automatically differently. Yeah, I love it. Because yeah. then when things come, you're like, no, 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 yeah. this way. Yeah. No, 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 this way. That's what I was going to say about uh, that night that Tony lived. Like mm-hmm. and like yeah. Listening to the testimonies and stuff. Saying any testimony from another person, I'm not saying it's like God's like a machine and you'll get the same result. It's the point of God took care of them yes. through that. And so, like uh, Penny was sharing that one time her, I think it was, I can't remember exactly the family member, but they had a deep freeze and the food never run out. Until that's her, that's her mama, yeah. 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 So the guy got the job and the money started coming. And I was like, shoot, you know, that, but it, it makes your imagination go. And you're like, you know what? If it comes down to it, my father would stop my difference. That's exactly yeah, right. I believe it. Absolutely. So, listening, do we listen to those? Like, I have a stockpile of testimonies back here. That That's I right. listen to people, other people, and they're like mine. If it happened to so-and-so, it could, God can do the same thing for me. Absolutely. I'm saying, like, do, we should do that versus listening to all the bad stuff. Absolutely. Yelling about all the school shootings. Well, do we know how many testimonies in our church of things like that? Well, that's all, and, and you know, and unless you brought it up, because Sonia sent me something, Sonia sent me something today, and and it's the same thing, and it's part of what I want us to do during Imagination Week is okay. If you're 
if you can look and as we get into Imagination Week and you can say, okay, I'm going to focus on and I want to ask everybody, just pick one thing, right? Uh, uh, for that week, okay, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to imagine in what direction, in what area about my I am statements or whatever that I'm, so okay, God, I'm coming. Or the, if I know there's a gap and he's highlighted something, I'm going to imagine in that area. Well, one way to help you imagine is, is to go find, whether it's here in the church or whether you can go through other places. I mean, Andrew Womack's ministry, it's why they make video testimonies. It's actually what Andrew says because those video testimonies help people's imagination. Because you know, oh, well, if they'll do it, again, if God will do it for Kevin, right, well, he'll do it for me too, right? If God will do it for Delane and Rachel, well, well, he'll do it for me too. Man, even if God did it for Caleb, that knucklehead right there, he'll, he'll do it for me too, right? And so he'll, does that, so you go and find and find testimonies that are in the direction that you're wanting to imagine and hear stories of what God has done for others. Not necessarily so you can just imitate them, but so that you can just see and be inspired and imagine, oh, wow, this is how God did it there. Oh, this is how God did it. Does that make sense? I mean, okay, now with that, and we'll end, any questions? Anybody got any questions? Yes, sir. No. Uh, so, sorry. You can, you'll be just fine. You just left a little while ago, went to the bathroom, you'll be okay. Give us just a few more minutes. Think dry thoughts. Imagine, dry thoughts. <laughs> imagine a desert. Imagine a desert. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, listening to everything, for some reason that finally clicked with me. Like, oh, this is what. Because when you were, I don't know how to explain it. Like, all the things we're learning, how do I see it in scripture? I don't know. I just can't explain it. It just doesn't always click. Like, why do we believe these things? But that's where it clicked for me. It that's like, awesome. That is who we are. And that's, that's why all these things. I don't know. It was just really good, and I'm gonna be studying on that more. But I thought it was like amazing. That's awesome. Praise God. Well, and again, that that whole idea again, the Word of God is a mirror. So what it says about you because you believe that is who you actually are now. That's just who you are, not who you're gonna be. Not one day down the road, not in the sweet by and by. It's actually painting a picture of who you are right now today, right? And that's what he's trying to get you to imagine. Oh, that's who I am right now, right? Because remember, because now faith is part of what, again, part of what happens in people's imagining with stuff is they're seeing, they're not seeing it as now. Again, this, this really happens a lot with folks who struggle with healing. The challenge is, is to get them to see that, no, 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 what the scripture is saying is you're healed now, right now. Yeah, but I still hurt. Okay, I get it. Mm-hmm. But according to this, you're healed now. Mm-hmm. Well, when I stop hurting, I'll be healed. No, 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 no. You, you got to see it that I'm healed now. Mm-hmm. Because faith isn't tomorrow. Faith isn't next year. Mm-hmm. Faith isn't in the future. Now faith is now. Mm-hmm. 
right? And, and that is what God is endeavoring to show us is this is who you are now, today, in this moment. But what if I don't feel like it doesn't matter? That's still who you are. Now let's work on changing your feeling. And I get it, but how do you change your feeling? You first have to commit to, oh, that's who I am now. But see, again, it, it, using healing again, but many people are af- afraid to, to go, well, no, 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 you know, because they don't want and it, and it's this, and I get it, you know, you want to, you want to be real and transparent, but you still want to be honest with what the word of God says, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, I don't think there's necessarily a disparity between those two, as long as you realize, mm-hmm. okay, like Abraham said about himself, Abraham said, nah, my body right now is dead, but the one who promised what he was going to do, that one, he's able to perform exactly what he said he'd promise. And that's why it says he did not, he, it's better to say like this, Abraham was not moved by his physical condition. He was moved by the one who had made the promise. Do you see that difference as we talk about that language? That, that Abraham could look at his body and go, yep, plumbing still ain't working. But I'm not moved by that. That doesn't move my emotions. That doesn't move my imagination. That doesn't move... Right. And now this is, again, this is a bradology. And I think when that finally fully, it says, because when Abraham was fully persuaded, when he finally was moved to, oh, God's gonna, all of a sudden it started working. Does that make sense? But there was this time when his imagination and everything, and he was fully persuaded. Ah, okay. And so persuaded that later he was persuaded about Isaac. He said, oh, well, if I kill this boy and burn him up on this altar, God will raise him up from those ashes. And so that's why I don't think, you know, we paint that picture. Abraham wasn't struggling raising the knife that day. Abraham was about to plunge, and and it says, and God stopped him. So Abraham laid him up there and went, and he was coming down, and God arrested him, and he had the... So Abraham wasn't deliberating. It wasn't this, oh God, it, like we paint the, Abraham was persuaded. Oh, kill him. Okay, that must be God's going to raise him up from the ashes. This is going to be cool. And, <laughs> <laughs> right? and apparently it was, it was so cool that Isaac believed it because it, he yeah. just got up on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, was not, I was like, wasn't he in therapy? Not, like, but does that make sense? And, and so, but there, but that's that whole and that's that place, and that's guys, and that we talk. That's that is the power of your imagination, right? And that your imagination is is what fuels your ability to believe, because you're a faith being. You're a being who literally everything about your life is living right now on what you actually believe, right? Because that's just how we work. Amen. But the great thing is, is we can grow. Mm-hmm. We can close our gaps with the help of the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, for time, I'll pray. We'll hang out. We'll go from there. Thank y'all so much. We'll keep going. Oh, and hey, and Kevin made some great things for the I am statements. Kevin made a list of some stuff he put together for I am statements. And I love this. And if you want to share yours, mm-hmm. print them up and bring them up. And it'd be great to collect everybody's. But Kevin made copies of what he has written up and done. So please avail yourself and take a copy of that because it's some good stuff too. So, Father, we love you so much. So grateful, so grateful for tonight. Thank you, Lord. Let this, again, 
Uh, Open our imaginations. Open the eyes of our understanding, Lord. Open up our ability to imagine and to see the hope of our calling, to see the riches of the inheritance of the Holy Spirit, to see the exceeding greatness of your miracle working and authoritative power uh, that is towards us and in us because we believe. Just continue just to open up our imagination. Help us see it, Father. In Jesus' name.